you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 94 of the Banner Banner Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Celtics win, Celtics win. Yippity doodah, zippity a my oh my, what a great Saturday. How are we doing? Celtics win 117 to 106, but are still down two games to one in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat in their best of seven series. A lot to talk about. I would say mostly good. And then I'm going to bring you back to earth because that's what I do because I'm a negative Nancy. All right? So right off the bat, you saw a big problem for the Celtics early, and it really continued all night. Bam out of bio just got easy buckets. He just got easy buckets. He could literally do whatever he wanted off the pick and roll, and he did it all night. I mean, he finished 10 of 14. Overall, he got to the line nine times, which is good, because I feel like usually when he plays the Celtics, he gets to the line a lot, and I don't like it. But he had 27 points, 17 boards, two blocks, just a really outstanding performance by Bam Adebayo. It was very, very impressive. Um, What I think, I think that Brad has accepted the fact that he would rather have Bam Adebayo drop 27 than Dragic dropping 30 Hero dropping 30, and Duncan Robinson dropping 30, all on three-point shots, and even Jay Crowder dropping 22 points. So I think the way that the Celtics are attacking the pick-and-roll from the Miami Heat is basically make sure they don't get easy shots. If Bam you know, gets an easy layup, fine, but hopefully someone from the weak side of the defense can come over and recover and maybe either A, get him to the line or force him to take a tough shot, kind of like what they did to start game two, which I thought Tice did a good job win because good job with because I think Bam started game two off 0 of 4 or something like that, and then he went absolutely nuts in the third quarter. But the other thing that was very important for the Celtics early, you know, the, the negative was Bam literally getting whatever he wanted. But the positive was Jalen Brown was huge early for the Celtics. He created a lot of turnovers and he took it to the weak side of the Miami Heat zone, AKA against Duncan Robinson, because what the Heat are doing in their zone, because I rewatched game two and you could see it for part of game three was basically they would put their best defenders on Tatum's side and force him to make a cross court pass or force another Celtics player to make a play, but because the Heat recovers so well, there's really nothing going on. So if you can get the ball to the weak side of their zone, it's basically Jalen Brown versus Dragic or Jalen Brown versus Duncan Robinson, and you want that every single time. The plus about it was is Brad finally let Hayward and Tatum kind of float 
around that free throw line, which made Bam Adebayo kind of creep up a bit, which gave more of an open lane for Jalen Brown to attack the basket. Now, Jalen Brown only getting to the free throw line five times. You could say that's the refs. You could say that's not the refs. Whatever the case may be, I would like Jalen Brown to get to the free throw line more. But Jalen Brown playing 43 minutes of basketball and taking 17 shots and scoring 26 points is exactly what you need. Because if Duncan Robin, like attacking Duncan Robinson and getting him into foul trouble like you did in game one, I think is very important. Because in the last two games, he's 10 out of 20 from three. He's only taken 20 shots. And all 20 of those shots are from three. And he's shooting 50%. If you can get him into foul trouble, and if Bam doesn't come over, great. And if Bam does come over, fine. And if he gets in foul trouble, great. Love it. But the thing that kind of annoyed me, back to some negative, is... The Duncan Robinson three-pointers, him and Jay Crowder hit back-to-back three-pointers in that first quarter off two offensive rebounds. Second-chance points, I think, did not help the Celtics in this game at all. I, I know the Celtics won the rebounding battle, but I think the Miami Heat had two or three more offensive rebounds than them, and that has to go away. I loved how scrappy Jalen was, especially against Jay Crowder, and he did it early, and he really did it all game. Jay Crowder thinks he's so good. Do do we do do we remember as Celtics fans when Jay Crowder was part of that Gordon Hayward situation and he was basically so butthurt because Gordon came here and he left. I think we did the right thing. You could say the injury thing, maybe Gordon cost too much money, but if you're sitting down right now and you're saying, "Well, it's been 3 or 4 years that Gordon's been here. Do I still wish Jay Crowder was here?" I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Now, if the option was for him to come off the bench, sure, absolutely. Jay Crowder's a fine NBA player. But what have I said all series long doing this podcast? If he ain't open, he ain't hitting. If Jay Crowder's feet are not set and he can take a deep breath before he shoots a three, he sucks at shooting three-pointers. He was two of ten from three in this game. Absolutely terrible. Jay Crowder thought he was Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is allowed to take 10 shots and all 10 of them to be three-pointers. That is allowed. And probably the same goes for Tyler Hero, too. But Jay Crowder took 10 three-pointers, and he had 10 shots. I will take that every single day of the mother-flippin' week. Are you kidding me? Like, please, please give me that from Jay Crowder. Sure, every you know, maybe next game he goes 4 of 10. Fine, but Jay Crowder scoring only 10 points compared to the 22 that he scored in Game 1 works for me. I will say this, though. Jay Crowder can make some pretty decent decisions. He he had five assists in the game, and he can make some good decisions where he knows, okay, hey, my feet aren't set, I'm going to pass it. But like I said, if he ain't open, he ain't hitting. I'll tell you that right now. But... Back to Jalen Brown, because Jalen Brown, folks, is the reason why they won this basketball game. I understand Gordon Hayward came back, and that's the easy thing to say. And Gordon did help, okay? He did. But Jalen Brown going to the rim, wishing, I know, he got to the line more, but him only taking two three-pointers makes me smile. It really does. It really, really does. Because he knows his best game is attacking the rim, or if you see a defender coming over, stopping and shooting maybe that 10, 12-footer. That's Jalen Brown's game, not standing out in the corner of a zone patiently waiting. Speaking about patiently waiting, 
if you have listened to this podcast over the last two years or so, however long I've done it, I feel like I've done it for 52 years. One of my biggest things is Jalen Brown complains he doesn't get the ball enough, but also doesn't get people involved. And every single time that Jalen Brown gets five assists, we have a party on the Banner Banter Podcast. And guess what happened last night? Yes, Jalen Brown had five assists last night. Good things happen when Jalen Brown gets other people involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, cut the music. That was great. But Jalen Brown getting his teammates involved and keeping himself involved is the key to the key to success for the Celtics. Sorry, I was stuttering there. I was still partying. <laughs> I was out of breath dancing. So when Gordon Hayward came into the game in the first quarter, you're all, you're of course already excited. But the thing that made something move in my pants was the very first possession that Gordon Hayward was in the game. They gave him the ball at the top of the, at, you know, above the three-point line. He held the ball, started dribbling, and started yelling at people and telling them where to go. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Need it. And he literally told Tice where to go. And it was a double screen action. Kemba came over first and then Tice and then Gordon threw this sick bounce pass, sick bounce pass, and no one on that basketball team, maybe smart, maybe, but Kemba ain't, Brown ain't, Tatum ain't, Wanamaker ain't, Romeo ain't, Cantor ain't, Taco ain't, no one is making that pass except for Gordon Hayward, absolutely fantastic. Now, was I expecting Gordon Hayward to play 31 minutes? I thought he was going to do 20, but Brad said after the game, the only reason why I did that was because Marcus Smart was in a little bit of foul trouble, which makes a ton of sense. Folks, I'm literally out of breath from from dancing because I don't think people realize how excited I get when Jalen Brown makes an assist. He, I mean, watching him over the years, I mean, it is rare. So you have to enjoy it. You really and truly do. But, I mean, Gordon Hayward, five boards, three steals, four assists, and sure, 207 from the field, I don't care about that, to be honest with you. I really don't. It was bound to happen. He was rusty. Brad even said there was a couple times when he was playing and he was asked to be taken out because he's still not back in shape yet. So Gordon, the fact that Gordon played 31 minutes, I thought was fantastic. I thought he gave the Celtics another option. Like, he was sure, he was only plus one, and that's fine. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But it makes the Heat more uncomfortable when... They usually feel good when maybe a Brad Wanamaker or a Grant Williams is out there. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, I, again, a lot of people are saying he's the reason why you won the game, and that's great. I just don't think that's the case. He helped immensely, but it was really Jalen Brown that, that helped you win this game. So, oh, the other thing about Gordon Hayward is Robin Hayward posted his wife on Instagram that Gordon is staying in the bubble if the Celtics go far. So, the Celtics have to make this worth it. I'm pretty sure, like, if, if I'm her, I'd be pretty pissed if, you know, they get a gentleman's sweep here and then, you know, he misses the birth. So if she gave him permission, because Gordon is a great dad, they have a great relationship, he's a family man, I hope that it's worth it for that entire family and they go for a very, very long run. I really, really do. But one other thing with Gordon Hayward that I found very annoying how is he on the second row of the bench? Isn't that kind of bullshit? Like, what is he doing back there? 
he's like a very important person. He should be in the first row with Tatum and Brown and Smart. Like, it's nice to have Grant Williams in the front row because he is vocal. He was wired last night. He captained positivity, the complete opposite of me. But what is Gordon doing sitting next to, like, Javante Green and, like, Carson Edwards on the bench? No. He, he deserves a front row seat. He's been in the league forever. But that's okay. Uh, two other things about the first quarter. Sorry, I, for whatever reason, dragging out the first quarter. Um, whenever Kelly Olynyk's in the game and Bam Adebayo needs that break, which is why Kelly Olynyk's in the game, let Cantor in there. And let Cantor beat the piss out of him. Like, I know Cantor only played, I think, five or six minutes, and he had three or four shots, and I think he only made one of them. But he beat the crap out of Kelly Olynyk, And he got four rebounds. So I'm here for that. But the best part about that first quarter, minus Gordon yelling at everyone, which was, oh, I'll drool over that. Celtics went 13-27. And you're like, yeah, who gives a crap? It's less than 50%. But they had nine assists. That 69% of their field goals were made off of assists. That is what I needed. And that is what I was looking for in the series preview. Ball movement beats this Miami Heat team. And then it kind of happened a little bit more in the second quarter. Celtics get up 12. And at that point, you're having deja vu. You don't feel comfortable at all. Heat start playing their zone again. And for whatever reason, the Celtics have like a fear or a phobia of zone defenses any time after the first quarter. They, like, see it and they're like, eh. Like, some people are afraid of heights. Some people are, you know, afraid of clowns. The Celtics are afraid of the zone after the first quarter. You you can't tell me differently. And it especially didn't help that Tyler Hero was, like, thrived off of it, thrived off of that fear. Tyler Hero was unbelievable in the second quarter. Like, whether you like Tyler Hero or not, whether you like the Miami Heat or not, whatever the case may be, Tyler Hero was ridiculous in that second quarter. I'm pretty sure he had, I I was trying to keep track of it, I think he had 16 out of the Heat's first 26 points in the second quarter. That's absurd. Absurd. I think the Heat only finished with like 28 or 29 points in that second quarter anyways, but that is ridiculous to play that well and to carry that team. He was hitting everything. Really, really tough shots, contested jumpers. Sure, some of them were over Kemba, but Kemba's defense was good all night, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But he was hitting some unbelievable... Like, that shot on the baseline where he basically almost fell over and just turned around and stuck it, that was ridiculous. And what was also ridiculous is Tyler Hero was taken 13th, and he is contributing to an Eastern Conference Finals team by scoring, what, 20, maybe 22 points last night? And Romeo Langford was drafted right after him, and... Oh. Oh, wait. Yeah. Sorry. You didn't think I was going to throw that in there? Anyways, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum continues to drive me a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Let me be the first to congratulate Jason Tatum, or not the first because a million people already have. So let me be the one millionth and 77th person to congratulate Jason Tatum on making third-team All-NBA. He's going to get more money when he signs his contract. I think it goes from 25% of the cap to 28% of the cap. We're not going to talk about that right now because that's going to be stressful in itself. He doesn't want to resign here. I think he will. Oh, my God, now I'm rambling. He came out of a timeout and got a technical because he just wouldn't shut the hell up. Jason Tatum needs to stop bitching. I've said this in the Raptors series, and I will continue to say it in this series. Jason Tatum is not a superstar yet. We all think he is. Being third-team All-NBA doesn't mean instantly you're going to be getting foul calls. Jason Tatum needs to just play the goddamn game and shut the hell up. Him getting a technical foul 
out of a timeout because he thought he got fouled is so infuriating. It's ridiculous. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say in the bubble, I think Jason Tatum might have more technical fouls than Marcus Smart. Does anyone see an issue with that? Anyone? Like anyone at all? Bueller? Anyone? Like, come on. But with that being said, he was terrific in the first half. And I thought it's exactly what the Celtics needed. Just a solid overall game. He had a nice breakaway dunk. And then Jalen hit that three to help the Celtics kind of expand the lead a, bit, a little bit. They went on like a little 5, 6, 7, 0 run. And that helped the lead go back from 6, back up to 12 or 11, whatever the case may be. But one of the things that I loved was the Celtics got long rebounds. And when they got those long rebounds, someone instantly sprinted up the floor. It happened with Jalen. It happened with Jason. You get long rebounds, and you run. I don't know if a lot of you watched the Western Conference Finals game one where the Lakers absolutely destroyed the Nuggets, but what Brad Stevens wants the Celtics to do is kind of like what the Lakers did. A made basket by the Nuggets, you throw the ball in as fast as you can, and you sprint down the floor. Don't let them get their defense set up and just lay it in. And the Celtics did that off of long rebounds, which is fantastic, and that is what you're supposed to do. But... Tatum finishing with 13 points, 7 boards, 7 assists in the first half. That's awesome. That's perfect. That's what I need. He gets his teammates involved. He gets his shots, and he rebounds. He does everything that you want. His Again, his rebounding has been unbelievable in the bubble. I did not like how he only took 9 shots in the second half, though. Five of them were in the fourth. You know, it's a good thing, you know, maybe that he was he was getting other people involved, but he only had one assist in the second half. And I feel like, again, the Celtics' offense just got stagnant, and they just tried to just slow down the clock, and it just wasn't working. It was so annoying. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 51 out of the team's 117 points. They combined for 21 out of the team's 50 rebounds. They combined for 13 out of their 27 assists. That is fantastic. That is what you need from your two young guns. And then it also helps that, you know, Kyrie, I mean, uh, oh, my God, I just said Kyrie. Everyone flip out. I said Kyrie. Uh, Kemba and Marcus Smart each dropped 22. But the Celtics are now 20-3 and when both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum score over 20 points. So if that's what the locker room was, all that talk was about, tables being thrown, people yelling at each other, fine. That's cool. That seems to be the key to success because they needed some success in that third quarter. I'm not feeling very confident at all that Bam, that Bam, uh, picked up his third rebound on uh, his third foul off of a rebound. Like so, you're saying to yourself, okay, maybe you know if Bam goes to the bench early, but Spo kept him in. So you're like, okay, I loved Marcus Smart's decision making. That pass that he had to Jalen Brown, that no look when he was a uh, around you know in between the three point line and the elbow to Jalen. That is how you beat a zone. You force the zone to creep over to your side, and someone creeps back door. I've been saying it forever. Now, I'm not perfect, but if you creep, and I and I, I think they even showed it in the second quarter, that green little square down the baseline, I think Grant Williams did it early, and Van Gundy pointed it out. Like That's just like basic, basic stuff. And speaking of Grant Williams, can we talk about that 5-0 run that he had on his own? He had a 3, hit a jump hook. It was bizarre, but it helped the Celtics get the lead up to 17 with Tice in foul trouble again. Because if Daniel Tice breathes on someone, he gets a foul. Now, I'm obviously exaggerating there. He has to breathe twice for them to call a foul. But, I mean, Daniel Tice just can't help himself. It's, it's absolutely un- unbelievable. But someone else who couldn't help themselves was Gordon Drogic. Drogic couldn't get anything going. 
And it was because of Kemba's defense a little bit. Kemba, at times, put him on an island, like Revis Island if you're a Patriots fan, or Gilmore Island, whatever the case may be. Gordon Dragic was a minus 29 in this game. And we can say, yes, it was Kemba's defense. Yes, the Celtics maybe focused on him a little bit more. Kemba's defense was fantastic. But Marcus Smart's defense on Gordon Dragic was also great. I mean, Dragic in the first two games was 21 of 38, 54 54 points, 9 assists, 3 turnovers. In game 3, 2 of 10, 11 points, 5 turnovers. Now, is Gordon Dragic going to play that poorly again? No, but Kemba was terrific. And I said in my series preview, if Dragic is the better player, the Heat will win. If Kemba is the better player, the Celtics will win. And Kemba was the better player tonight, and it worked out. I thought Gordon Hayward was going to be on Dragic, but Brad legitimately trusted Gordon Hayward to cover Crowder and Butler. And it worked. I was a little nervous about it, but it worked. So props to Brad there for saying, hey, you just came off a sprained ankle. Go guard their best player. That's ballsy, and it worked. I mean, the Heat definitely did create back into the game due to some lazy shots and some dumb fouls by the Celtics, but the Celtics took that punch and got the lead back up to 16 at the end of the third quarter. And guess what, folks? We're going to party again because the Celtics won a third quarter. Yeah, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The Celtics won another third quarter. Oh my God, what is going on? They won it 26 to 24. That's absolutely fantastic. So you're, you know, you're going up maybe 16, 17 points going into the fourth quarter. You're like, okay, we're feeling good. We're feeling great. And and then the Celtics were grooving. They really were. I think they went on a 7 to 2 run to start that fourth quarter. Back to back Tatum and Hayward threes. Bam out of bio hit a shot. And then Jalen got a layup. So you're feeling great. And then neither team scored for three minutes. And then it was completely like dead sober. Like, for example, Cask and Flagon, 2007, World Series. I'm with my buddy Conniff at the Cask and Flagon. We're having at the absolute night of our lives. The Red Sox win, Papelbaum strikeout against the Colorado Rockies to end it. I walk outside, and there is 82.6 million cops instantly sober. And that is exactly what happened to me when neither team scored for three minutes because I said, oh, my God, the Heat loved this. And then Duncan Robinson hit a couple threes. It was annoying and beyond nerve-wracking. But then Kemba came back and stuck a huge three. And I want more assists out of Kemba Walker. But if Kemba Walker is shooting 50% from the field, Kemba's shooting has turned around a little bit. I don't want to jinx him, which I probably just did by saying that. But it did turn around a little bit. And that was very, very nice to see. Now, I didn't like how the Celtics were settling for jump shots again. It keeps the heat around, and it's very annoying, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop, for the love of God. Just like, I understand 80, 90, probably 98% of basketball teams, when they get a big lead, they just dribble out the clock. Guess who should never do that, and better not ever do that? The Boston Celtics. They suck at it. They stink at it. Because... If you're up 13, 14 points with about three minutes to go, your next four possessions should not be turnover, missed shot, turnover, and another turnover due to a Jalen Brown flagrant foul on Duncan Robinson. That helped the creep, the, the heat creep back into the game. The Celtics had eight turnovers going into the third quarter. They finished with 14. So literally in 30, uh, 36 minutes of basketball, they had eight turnovers. So for those who can do math at home, that's about... Four every eight minutes. 
in literally 12 minutes they had six. Like, what the fuck? You have to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. But they held on. I didn't like it. I did not like that fourth quarter. No one can. If you said that you liked the fourth quarter, fine. If you could say, well, they survived. That's good. It's going to give them confidence. I, I disagree. Because that Marcus Smart shot with 45 seconds left when there was 15 seconds left on the shot clock, oh, my God. I have never wanted to throw or punch something more in my entire life. That was unbelievable. But luckily, he completely redeemed himself, and he got six free throws to I he made six free throws to ice the game. So fantastic. And that was the first time ever that Smart, Tatum, Brown, and Kemba scored 20 points. So, that was like a stressful game. Wasn't it? No? Okay. So, Wednesday night, 8.30, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday night, 8.30. So, the Celtics get a couple days off. You get a couple days off from me. I get a couple days off. It's nice. I just want to say this before I move forward. Actually, I'll hold on to that. I'll hold on to that. But the three things that I did like about this game that they can carry over to game four, ball movement, ball movement, ball movement, ball movement, 27 assists, 66% of the Celtics field goals were assisted. That is what I've been needing. That is what I've been looking for. That is what I thrive for. I need that. The second, controlling the boards. Sure, Bam went off and had 16, 17 rebounds. That's bound to happen. Oh, I just got a little reminder. Oh, about the Celtics game being on Wednesday. Thanks so much. But here's the thing. That really distracted me. What the hell? Anyways, you have to limit the Heat's offensive rebounds because they love, they're a scrappy team. They're a strong team. They're not going to go away. And the only thing that's going to help a team like that if they're down by 15, 16, 20 points, whatever the case may be, is getting some offensive rebounds and sticking a couple three-pointers like they did in the first quarter and like they did late in the game. So the Celtics won the rebound battle by, I think, 12, maybe even 13. I I, I think maybe maybe it was less than that. But, I, I, I yeah, they won the rebound battle 59 to 47. That's what you that's what you love to see. So you love to see good ball movement, you love to see the control of the boards. But the other thing that the Celtics have to do, and this has to continue, you're not gonna win the three point battle against this Miami Heat team. You're not. You're you're, you're gonna lose. So if you can get sixty points in the paint like you did last night, I don't want to say it was because of Gordon Hayward, but I will say that him being in the middle of that zone changes everything. And it makes the Heat feel uncomfortable. Get easy buckets. Easy shots, easy buckets is gonna win you this game. And you get that from good ball movement. So, game three, again, I'm going to bring you back to earth here real quick. Game three was the most important game of the series. And now the most important game is game four. Let's not get too cocky. You almost blew it again. That should have been a 25-point win. But overall, the Celtics have won 12 straight games when they are the road team in the bubble. And the next game is them being the road team. So hopefully that can continue. Yeah, 12 straight road games. They've lost like five or six straight home games, but 12 straight road wins as the road team. Pretty remarkable stuff. So, before I continue, Thursday, episode 95 of the Banner Banter Podcast, I will not be in my usual location recording. I'm going to be in Austin, Texas for one of my friend's weddings, my buddy Dave. He's a Heat, uh, sorry, he's a Mavs fan, diehard Dirk Nowitzki guy. Can't blame him. Dirk's the best. 
So if the podcast sounds a little bit off, it's because I'm not usually in my same old studio, but I'm literally bringing all my podcast stuff for you and probably my own mental sake as well. So that's it for episode 95 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, really appreciate it. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And, oh, if you didn't hear it last week, I am now on Amazon Podcasts. I know Amazon just announced that they're coming out with podcasts. I'm out there now. If you don't like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever the case may be, that's where I am if you want to listen to the podcast. So we'll talk to you guys Thursday uh, after Game 4. Hopefully it will be 2-2. Uh, don't forget to wash your hands, wear a mask, Black Lives Matter, and we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.